Welcome to the Sally Talks Podcast, a podcast where ordinary people talk about their lives, their hopes, their anxieties, their views on religion, God, life, death, the universe, and uh, whatever else happens to come up. Uh, straight, honest, open, and uh, hopefully interesting to listen to. Stay tuned. something? Yeah. Um, hello. How are you? Okay. Gaikokujintoruku. What's a Jintoruku? The Gaikokujintoruku was the foreigner registration. Ah. Oh. I, I don't know if I'm saying Toruku the right way, but the oh, Gaikokujin. No. Yes. Yeah. And us who were Gaijin. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take these earbuds out. And, um... I don't know what podcast this is. I started one. The idea was, and you probably heard, talk to people in the front seat of uh, yeah. my car. Uh-huh. And like coming here, it would be crazy not to do this. But I want to tell you right now, I'm not happy about that particular podcast. I think maybe I've made too many rules, or you know. And I had, I think I had a list of questions that I wanted to go through, and that's not my style anyway. Yeah. So it's a little bit forced. So tonight I won't have any fixed questions. We'll just have a conversation, but the idea, what I want at the end of it, is for people who are listening to have a better idea who you are. So that's uh, that's where we're going. I'm only just getting to know. So you should say your whole name because I can't. I don't think I even pronounce your last name properly. <laughs> sure. Well, my full name is Kenneth Brazington Pereira. Brazington? Brazington. Yeah, it's a, for real. For real. It's a oh. British name, I think, from my dad's side. Uh, and so my name, it sounds kind of, it's a little bit of an epic sounding name. It sure is. It's just three names you don't hear very often. We happen to share Kenneth, which is strange enough, but... Yeah, uh, you use the full Kenneth. I'm just a Ken now. Have you ever gone by Kenneth? Uh, yeah, somebody had to in school or sometimes, okay. but I've never chosen it. Uh, mm. I liked Kenny when I was young. Yeah. Kenny was a little boy's name. Mm-hmm. I liked Kenny. Mm-hmm. Were you ever Kenny? Never. Never? Uh, see, that's an interesting that yeah. we would be... Two uh, Kenneths, yeah. but uh, quite different. Good. Yeah. So Kenneths come in all shapes and sizes. For sure. You being one of them. Um, all right. Now, where are we right now? We are in my driveway in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Grant Park, uh, in Sally, the road trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were trying to make a fire. Actually, it's it's going right now. I don't know if you can see the flames, but uh, it actually looks like it might be the smoke coming up. Yeah, it's it's going pretty well. I'm actually, we we came in here to escape the rain, but uh, also just to kind of escape the disappointing fire, in my my view anyway. Uh, But here we are now in Sally. Do you want the window open a little bit? I'm good either way. You could either way. I think yeah. I'm going to just have it. Yeah, if you like to be cool, for sure. Oh, yeah. Now, is that, well, you can control your own energy, do whatever you want. Yeah, this is good. Oh, speaking of which, do you need to plug in for shore power or anything tonight? Uh, no. Okay. Batteries are good enough. So, we're in the driveway uh, mm-hmm. because of just exactly what you said. Um, this was a, a bonus part to certainly my trip, this little trip down to... Uh, to Florida and back. I guess uh, be inevitable in the end that it didn't happen. It was going to, but mm-hmm. not knowing that for quite some, really up until about yesterday. Yeah. So not many people would know who you were, really. They'd ask, well, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I'm just going to jump in here. People are saying, like, I'm hearing, shut up, Ken, let him talk. But I just have to say this part. Uh, Kenneth is probably the the listener who knows me the best, the person who's listened to all my shows and some more than once with with an an understanding probably of me uh, 
in ways that I may not even know. We were discussing that a little earlier, and yeah. uh, and an understanding of prick, and um, so that's that's something in itself. It's not often to uh, to find a person, you know, as as dedicated as a listener. And you found me when you were young, when you were still in university, and I was I was really excited by that. But let me. Turn it back to you. <laughs> no worries. Well, I mean, me, I, I, uh, and I, I feel like there's not too, too much to say. I think, uh, on the surface, I'm just kind of a normal kind of guy, kind of keep to myself. Uh, I, I definitely enjoy talking a lot, and I think I have a, a lot of opinions and a lot of stuff to say, but, uh, since I spend a lot of time by myself, I'm sort of just more comfortable as an observer, unless I'm prodded by other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I used to make a podcast too, and I would just kind of talk about stuff in the same, same kind of manner that you do, just kind of express stuff and work things out with yourself. Um, what was it called? Molt. Molt. Yeah. Yep. To, to shed, to mm-hmm. learn, to grow. Mm-hmm. It was a good title. I liked it. Yeah. It, it, it How many, seemed, many episodes did you put out? Quite a few. I want to say 50 mm-hmm. or maybe just shy of 50, but, uh, Really, I did 30 in Japan when I was there, uh, and that was my goal, to not leave before I had done... Well, I didn't really have a choice, but mm-hmm. I wanted to make 30 before I left, just so I'd have 30 solid hours of nostalgia yeah. to go back to. Good. And then in Atlanta... Plan. Yeah, it worked, and Atlanta wasn't as interesting, so it faded away. But you did another one with another partner, yeah. too. You did uh, at least one. Wasn't there another one you did, too? Yeah, there were. There, I had one called Weekend Review. Which yes. That was the comedy-based podcast that I did with my friend Jake Cook, who... Jake we, Cook. Yeah, we've known each other since sixth grade, so it's mm-hmm. been uh, many, many years. Probably my oldest friend, but we've kind of grown apart. And then I had another podcast called... Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, Territories. That was I don't know with, that one. You, may, you might never have heard that one, actually. No. That one was with a girl named Lindsay Glass, and it was kind of short-lived. I think we maybe only did 20 episodes at the most, mm-hmm. but it was more serious. We would talk about real-life stuff. and I think I did hear it, but yeah, definitely I've heard you with a female, but I don't, yeah. didn't remember it by that name. Yeah, Territories okay. was... I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. where, but we would always go for walks. So we would just mm-hmm. kind of record each other. We'd get coffee, go for a walk for maybe three hours, and then, you know, record some of that, if not all mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. So a talker, a podcaster. Cyclist. That's probably my main a thing s- now. Yes. Tell us about the cycling a little bit. Um, well, it's it's my obsession. It's what... If I'm going to spend money on anything, it's probably going to be cycling. Uh, I think that's really the only thing I can justify is like a, a selfish purchase. But it's just my main hobby. It's it's kind of how I get all of my everything out. I think it's it's kind of like dancing or something. You know, I listen to music while I do it, and I really get in the zone, and I really focus. And there's technique and stuff that I've tried to learn to make my writing more stylish or more functional, more efficient uh, so it, to me it's like an art form kind of like mm-hmm. everything that would make an archer good and, and you know you have like zen and the art of archery and stuff like that mm-hmm. I think the same thing could be applied to cycling and I feel like that's kind of what I have I'm like a student of it I feel like you have several bikes yeah. I noticed in your mountain they take up one whole room in your yeah. house eight bikes eight bikes yeah and you were riding to work, one which was a very small, but it looked like yeah. a child-sized bike. Yeah. And you were doing it. Would you explain again what the reasons why you are taking on that challenge sure. of an uncomfortable-looking bike <laughs> for a, a tall man? You're yeah. very tall. Yeah, it's very. Um, yeah, it's, it's you're riding. It's very uncomfortable, um, but I can't really. I haven't found a good explanation of what it does for me. It's 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 like if a ballerina had some specific type of shoe, like if maybe she was learning a classical dance from hundreds of years ago where they wore wooden shoes or something. And she like, in order to really feel the role, she had to like wear those wooden shoes because it, it not only put her mentally into it, but it actually physically like put her into what she would have had to contort herself to, to get into that classical Mm -hmm. song. Like sounds painful. (laughs) That's an apt metaphor then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. This this bike is it's a small bike. Uh, it's a BMX bike made for children who are like four or five to 
five foot. Um, and so with, if you're a bigger person on it, you can just really throw your weight around, uh, the front and the back to, to make the bike kind of move and operate in ways that bigger bikes are harder to do. Mm-hmm. Now, BMX, what's that stand for? Is that, is that a brand name or is that a style? Like a, <sighs> you know, I don't, I, my first guess is bicycle motocross. Yeah. I thought the cross yeah. would be BX, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but it's just a term, but it refers to a type of bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Those smaller yeah. bikes, uh, 20 inch wheels. Uh, as opposed to 29-inch wheels. In fact, you know, you, you have that bike. Uh, I was pretty excited when you bought that bike. Was it from Rogers? Or no, Canadian Auto? Canadian Tire. Canadian Tire, yeah. yes. I was thinking about it a lot on this trip because I can't walk well, mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of people riding around campgrounds mm-hmm. on bikes, and I thought, man, I'd love to have my bike with me now. I'd be taking nice little rides. Yeah. But it's just one more thing that, you know... On my own, I could just yeah. put it down the aisle. Yeah. There are special mounts in the back, but I've yeah. already got a spare wheel there. But that's not your kind of biking. That's <laughs> just sitting down and riding comfortably. Yeah. Um, how long the the, the, the the bike? How long have you been on this bike craze? Um, I would say I've been seriously on it for at least ten or eleven years. So since high school. And it's just grown and gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. Stronger and stronger, for sure. I mean, it's... it. I My day is diminished if I don't get to ride uh, at least... I mean, my, my goal for a sane mind is 20 miles a day. I think that's that's the the bare minimum to have, like, a, a functional mm, day that I feel good about. Almost anything else can be dealt with. As long as that is my base. That's uh, that's a lot. Yeah. For our Canadian listeners, that's over 30 kilometers. <laughs> um, now, I, when I originally talked about this show, I thought, oh, I want to get into the heavy questions about uh, do you believe in God and stuff. Yeah. To just, you know, besides these things, just yeah. to get a sense that there's some consistency. But mm-hmm. uh, could you explain God or your beliefs on God? Just yeah. Just get it out of the way. Um well, I definitely believe in some sort of like a, some sort of a bigger force. Uh, I've definitely experienced it like in, in feelings of extreme loneliness and just like solidarity. Just I, I can remember I went for a lot of walks in Japan. I'd walk to the train station so mm-hmm. I could play music there. Mm-hmm. And my walks back, you know, it was a very lonely feeling because I was separated from my family, from my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anyone in, really in Japan, and there was like a real isolation between me and those people who I would see while I was walking. But something about looking up at the stars, I just felt like there was just like this understanding that like even if you feel separated, there's still this overarching thing that is containing you. And I don't really use language like God or anything like that. No, it'd yeah. be hard to put God on just that. Yeah, on, on that, but some sort of universal that was comforting. Yeah. Yeah, but comforting and it's almost in its indifference, I guess. Like, mm. it, it was acknowledging, but it wasn't, like... It was aware of yeah what you were experiencing. Yeah, but not like Jesus-style, like, I want to save no. you from... Or, no, yeah. and, I, and I don't know, I, use, I just use the pronoun, oh, yeah. and even that doesn't sound right <laughs> put to, to yeah. put any description on it. Yeah, it's the container. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just struggling. I'm still trying to get that. So we're, you're, there's a feeling of loneliness inside you have, mm-hmm. but then there's a sense that I guess it's just like that's okay. Yeah, it's almost like it gets inverted. Like if you feel really, really lonely, you uh, poke through the other side and you see that you're part of everything. It's okay. That's a big leap, but I mean, I get it. <laughs> I know. I, I no, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. If you, um, but I think that's. Maybe sometimes a hard thing to achieve. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's not even really an achievement. It's just like a state, I think. Uh, yes, you don't stay there, but you but you you're you're aware of this connection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I feel it as a picture. Uh, I guess if that makes any sense. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. I, I know what I think. I know what a picture is, but well, like I, I it's almost like an out of body experience. Like that, that kind of uh, 
feeling of that oneness, like I kind of see myself from above. Okay. And in that way, I kind of see that I'm not actually alone because, like, I'm surrounded by by stuff and things. You know, I don't think I've ever done that, been able to step that much outside myself mm. to see, to have that sense. So if you remember a memory, you see it first person? But I remember a memory. Like maybe a childhood memory? Um... I don't know whose eyes I see it through. Yeah. It's a good question. It's kind of weird, yeah. I hadn't really thought um, of how weird that is, yeah. Because I don't know actually I how I think you sort of, you're, you, you sort of feel you're, you're in the picture, you're yeah. not outside looking at it. I guess it's in your head, so you, mm. no matter what, you do feel connected yeah. to it. So it's a, an interesting answer to the question of God. Yeah. So we'll put aside the word God, which is something but but a, a mm-hmm. feeling of something more than just yeah. yourself. Yeah. But it yeah, it but it's almost I don't know, it's very disembodied and it's very non personal and it's very it would it could never have a creed or like a a manifesto. Like that's kinda like why I like the Tao. Because even though the Tao tries to put words to it, it acknowledges the whole time that really to do that is to defeat the purpose. Mm-hmm. So, yes. that's what I kind of like about it. Well, and I, but that, that's the time in your life, and there, it's so hard to experience, and you can't hold on to it, but there, that sense, I, I call it surfing, of mm-hmm. just being in the moment, at the edge, mm-hmm. as it's happening, and mm-hmm. being aware of it and appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such a hard thing, because so often our, our our brain is, I mean, conditioning, driving this thing. You're thinking, mm-hmm. what's ahead? You're looking ahead, you're looking behind. Mm-hmm. You're thinking some thoughts, mm-hmm. maybe you're listening to the radio. Um, but you don't have that... Out of body experience, you're just mm-hmm. talking about. It's a very the, the, the yeah the sense of now. No, you can get it when you're driving. I'm sorry, you can have that. So you can just yeah. It's a rare. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get that feeling often? Are you able to, or is this just comes up in a time of need? This sense of okay, I'm not alone. I'm connected. Or uh, you know, it's kind of. I think it's kind of like what the Tao says about like. Uh, you can call for it, but it doesn't respond to any name. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. it just sometimes comes. I don't really think enlightenment... I think enlightenment comes... I think enlightenment is the recognition of enlightenment. I think everyone gets mm-hmm. it, but they just don't recognize it when it comes. And so, like, uh, spirituality and religion, to me, it's like... I don't practice anything, and I don't think I consciously try to cultivate like a spiritual life, necessarily. But I feel like I'm tapped into something that is kind of big, and so I can just kind of recognize instances of it sometimes. But I think that's as good as anyone could hope for. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I, maybe like a guru or like a, a monk or something who strives to... You know, we'll, we'll get glimpses. Or yeah, or maybe longer like episodes, you know. Mm-hmm. But kind of like how... I mean, if, if someone was meditating as much as I thought about bikes and stuff, then they'd probably be pretty good at that point, but... Yeah. You read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Yeah. A take, which would be one I can yeah. connect with you, too. Such a great of, book. Yes. Yeah. I, was, I was just so blown away by somebody could write it that yeah. well and just in such detail. For it to be so enrapturing, too. Yes, yes. I typically don't respond that way to, uh, well, I guess that book kind of treads the line between fiction and nonfiction, but mm. it was so, some parts of it were yeah. so dry, you know, but in a great way. Yeah. Yeah those two types of mechanics that was like epic to read about that there was a big fan of Carlos Castaneda the um, the teachings of Don Juan a Yankee mm-hmm. way of knowledge and the whole thing which other people said later on turned out to be he was a a writer and a and a, a, a fake and, mm-hmm. and but it didn't really matter because these stories were so good and there was a series of four books at least that came out in these these teachings of alternative mindsets and uh, understandings 
But I like I, I like what you talk about the Tao and the the, the, the Zen way of, of, of the simple mm-hmm. of being aware in the moment of what you're doing, mm-hmm. and so much of our life, it, almost out of necessity, is on thinking about the past and thinking about the future. What do I have to do tomorrow? What time do I have to do it? Under what conditions? What will I need to do it? And, and mm-hmm. uh, what did I do yesterday? And, yeah, did that set get, me up for a good tomorrow? Hmm. So it was got Oh, and, and I guess the other one was the life after death. Mm. That, um, you know, people... Yeah. What happens when you die? You know, I don't really think about that. Uh, and I kind of feel like that's almost a generational thing. Like, again, we were talking about mm. marriage earlier uh, and how there's not much pressure to get married uh, Mm -hmm. in this generation which is why a lot of people are delaying it and delaying having all these life landmarks but did you give your age before uh not not during this but 27 yeah yeah i think our listeners would want to know they might ask at that point you said generation so that they don't ask that question is not asked of people what happens after death it seems yeah i don't think it's asked definitely even if you were to get like really high with a friend i don't think people would ask well, then perhaps the answer is that's because nobody believes in yeah. any kind of afterlife or heaven. It's not even worth asking that question. Yeah. The foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, there is just this life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's... It's hard to imagine anything else. It's the only... Oh, yeah, like... <laughs> you know, there, there is... Yeah, there's that answer. What more do you need, mm-hmm. you know? It's here. What more do you want out of life? Well, I get the thing is, you'd want to sometimes have that LSD perspective of yeah. I get everything all the time. I understand I'm always on. Yeah. That would be nice, but uh, you know, if you could just dial down the intensity, mm-hmm. that would be and almost, write it. Yeah, you know, that's almost kind of, too much. Well, it's kind of like the ultimate future obsession. If you were concerned about afterlife. Uh, and if someone's yeah. trying to be more in the moment, it seems like you have to be less concerned about a possible yes. afterlife. Yes, they don't go well together. No, for sure, because you'd be you'd be second guessing. You'd have you'd become uh, in what is it? Well, yeah. an honest person, I guess. Uh, there, there is something so deceptive about that whole idea of believing in a better life, and yet a belief held by possibly billions. Mm-hmm. Right. Although, who really knows what that means, you know? What what do they think it means, you know? They well, versions of heaven. I think a lot of... Yeah, I mean, I I mean, they probably haven't thought too deeply about it, but I think a lot of people... Yeah. I think a lot of people still believe yeah. in an afterlife and heaven and martyrdom. Mm-hmm. The joys, the beauty of martyrdom, and because of the rewards. Man. It's not that long ago we shed this whole idea of going to hell, and you said uh, you might be going to hell yourself. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, how can we make this more comfortable? I don't feel I'm doing a very good job. I'm feeling very awkward. Uh, no, this is good. And, uh, I'm enjoying this. Okay. That's yeah. good. No need to let Prick come in and rain on the plate. No. No. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right. I mean, you know, it's an authentic moment, despite the fact that it's being recorded and measured, which by definition changes it. But that being taken into account, still, I think it's pretty, it's genuine, which that's what you got to hope for. Yes. So... I say yes, like this. This isn't about social niceties, and uh, no. you know, I mean, this was to to come here and have an experience, yeah. you know, with you and, and uh, meet and, uh, mm-hmm. and enjoy. Um, Do you believe in fate? Fate? Yeah. That one throws me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do sort of get to the point, you, you can often say, well, everything was the way it was supposed to be. And if you're saying that, then yeah. it means, I think it assumes there is a fate. Things mm-hmm. just were decided. Um, 
there's an expression, tempt fate, right? Yeah. To maybe yeah. try and change things and do idea. Um, so I think we have freedom of choice in every situation. However, and this is where it gets back to my cousin talking about the million psychological propellers that yeah. drive us, that you'll probably never fathom exactly why you did something. There were so many possible reasons and factors mm-hmm. coming in at any given moment. Um, but in that sense, if you could understand all those things, then it was inevitable, which is kind of a fate, if, you know, mm-hmm. from each... Each given moment is going to inevitably lead to the next given moment. Yeah. There's no break in there. Yeah. There's no, okay, time out. We're going to think about this now. Okay, now what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just everything acts at once. Yeah. I, I was talking earlier about that idea that I'm fascinated by the seeds, that we sort of, a seed starts as a little idea in the brain, and, and some we bring to fruition. Some mm-hmm. have a reason. And what, what is it that nurtures that seed? Is it excitement? Is it a dream? Is it an imagination? Is it a, is coming from a deeper level of you're meant to do something? Where, where is this? These drives come from seeds. Do you, do you think in terms of seeds at all, the way I'm talking about? Or? Yeah, I think, I think uh, that kind of stuff in a way is it's like a small version of... Uh, that Malcolm Gladwell tipping point kind of thing. Uh-huh. This uh-huh. is like all those yes. factors. Yes. Not every seed grows because not all the factors come together. Mm-hmm. But a tipping point doesn't have to be something amazing. Like Microsoft, though, it could just be like everything yeah. came together for me to mow the grass today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, something like that. I think I think there are factors. Like maybe you have a possible future reality, and it needs three out of five possible paths to make it actually happen. And if those three out of five come together, it's going to happen. Wow. Something like that. So you, That's quite an explanation. I was with you all the way for that. I don't <laughs> know if I could repeat it back, but it was... Uh, yeah. Because I'm applying it to real life. Yeah. Okay, my coming to Florida was, you right. know, planning a number of things here of, uh, mm-hmm. and then coming back. Mm-hmm. But on this way. not actually three to five. It's the, that million propeller yeah. thing. It's... It's hard to even say because even just how your coffee tasted that that morning might have changed everything. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I, I use that a lot. I use, yeah. I, you know, I, the SARS coming to right. Scarborough because mm-hmm. of the woman getting on the elevator at just that time. So, in which case, is that, does this relate back to the uh, fate question you asked? Yeah, I mean, I, I think personally, I think that. I kind of do believe in fate just because everything can only end one way. Uh, and so whether you think that that, like, how far you extend that, I guess, depends on whether or not you think freedom of choice is a big thing of agency for people. Because I think that extends, f- that type of fatalism and determinism, I think it extends all the way uh, until your experience stops, basically. Uh, but if you, you yeah. You use the expression, can only end one way. And what is the ending point? You mean, in any given moment, it can only be this moment? Yeah. Rather than, there isn't an end, it's just or the, the result, by end, you mean the result can only result in one thing. Yeah. Given every, given what was that microsecond before. And less before, yeah. and so on. Uh, I guess the fascinating part is we might think that with by ourselves, but then you get the intermingling with all the other people coming into any decision and any factor and any uh, anything that can happen to any one of them and the repercussions, the ripple effect. It's just mm-hmm. that I find that um, just disturbing, but... Um, fascinating at the same time Mm -hmm. that oh my god everything has an effect on everything else there's no there's no way around it um but okay then it gets back down to okay well what is it to be a good human being we're faced with choices we're Mm -hmm. still faced with choices and there has to be some guiding principle some forces that do work upon us to make us choose this one over this one Mm -hmm. an abstract thing it's not just still all just the mental brain processing everything else Mm -hmm. we have filters 
that we make our decisions through. And and these filters can be things we're taught Mm -hmm. from our family. There are filters of DNA-based. I don't know if that changes anything, but Mm -hmm. it's maybe just one more of those factors in... Mm -hmm. choosing any course of action it kind of makes me while you were saying that it reminds me of this thing that I think about sometimes just kind of a non sequitur but have you ever thought about how every revolution of your tire against the the road never I can tell you even before you finish <laughs> well I'll keep going here's to blow your mind then um, every time your tire comes in contact with uh, the pavement yeah microscopic bits of the tire are coming off Yes. With every rotation, which yeah. eventually, you know, that has the eventual effect of the tire going bald. Yeah. But just to think... Having a blowout. Yeah. Killing you. Just like the the level of scale that you have to think about to think about that change that's happening so gradually. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, this has nothing to do yeah. with what you just said, but... No, no, it, it, fits, it fits in very nicely, <laughs> yes, actually. I think it fits I thought, in very nicely. Yeah, thematically, for sure. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, this reminds me, I did this this job one summer, kind of similar to you on the rail uh, mm-hmm. way. Like, uh, it was a remodeling of this rich couple in a fancy part of Atlanta. They had this uh, attic crawl space, and they wanted to, like, really build it out. My uncle's an interior decorator, so mm-hmm. we went in, and we framed it up, and we did all this work. And it was crazy, because when I first started, I could barely use a hammer. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea how we were going to make this the empty space have walls and and all of these like things that make a room feel like a room yeah i would have no clue yeah and i learned a lot but it was also crazy just to see at the end of three months that all of a sudden this empty space that had no definition like the the patience and just these little jobs day by day eventually led up to this this thing which all at once you're like oh well yeah this is this is this thing but the separate little events that were seemingly unconnected. Uh, yes, well, and that's that whole thing. It gets to the, the, this thing, this the abstract of planning, you know. And yeah, somebody, I just yeah. always amazed. I, I think this every time I see a skyscraper, and mm-hmm. I see an yeah. airplane, anything, yeah. and they, oh my god, I can't imagine the highway system of yeah. where to turn off. I think, oh my god, the the infrastructure, the, the infrastructure yeah. from the number of people involved yeah. in jointly making decisions, like. I think every single time I'm on the highway and there's an exit lane and the entrance lane, I've noticed here in Florida in particular, long runway lanes to get on, which is a good system. It allows you to get up to speed yeah. before you get on as opposed to, you know, in a busy, just a short, sharp merge now. And yeah. uh, um, But all thought out precisely of exactly how long, what is the optimal, you mm-hmm. know, distance. And, right. Yeah, the number of people involved to... To produce the degree of comfort that we live by, yeah. it's um, it's also scary because it's not something I feel you should take for granted. You should be aware of and in gratitude of uh, God all the other f- factors that hold our lives together so comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at some point during all that abstraction, too, someone had to like put the what is the, the rubber to the road, you know, like. At some point, someone had to say, okay, we're good. Now we can actually start with this and, and do it like the... I've also thought about how crazy it is that the highway system exists. It's just hundreds and hundreds of miles, thousands yeah. of miles. Oh, yes. And, I mean, what a meaningless project until it's done. You have to have like, yeah. a lot of faith that that's going to get done and it's going to be done the right way. And uh, the human ingenuity behind that. I mean, it's a modern marvel for sure. It's, it's a 3,000-long skyscraper. And yet, you think back, okay, Roman times, yeah. building all other civilizations, yeah. the Mayans and others, every civilization, you have a room, you've got to move people from place to place. Mm-hmm. This is this is how we function. Yeah, that stuff people still has to move. That, how the pyramids were made and all that stuff. I've never, I don't know the scale of all those pyramids and everything, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if I were to see that, it would just be, it'd be like looking at a futuristic engine or something like that, just unfathomable. Would you like half a beer, or are you good? Oh, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. What about you? No, I'm fine, too. I just had one left in the cooler there. just thought if you wanted. Um, well, you filled in pieces nicely without me having to ask any questions. <laughs> you're, obviously, this is a topic you're very uh, 
comfortable with and, and think about. Now, do you have other people that you can talk this way to? And, um, not really. Not not on a regular basis. But you think these things. You've, you've, do you have conversations with yourself? Not out loud. Not out loud, <laughs> no. Yeah, but, yeah, to myself. I mean, I honestly do feel like biking is an exercise in philosophy. So... In, in some weird marriage of my thoughts and my actions, like the bike is the way that those two have a communion, I think. So it's, the more I bike, I feel like the more I, I'm thinking about these things without having to actually think about them. Thinking about what things? These these abstractions about life that kind we were of, talking yeah, about? Yeah, like the spiritual kind of like... So you create a space for the thoughts to be there yeah. through the act of biking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which maybe makes me think I should read that Zen and the Art of Archery or whatever it might be, just to see if that is a direct application to what I'm feeling, just to see if it would resonate. Well, I think you probably already know the answer. Probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if... uh, I I can't even remember if I had other questions that I (laughs) deemed at one point to be important. But basically it was... I think what I was interested in at the time was just comparing people's ideas of God or just if anybody did believe in God. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the thing about death, and I think some people do. You know, I'm not ready to go away on that, that mm-hmm. there might not be something after yeah. life. What, I, uh, what reason? Would you, is it just a feeling, or? Well, I'm not saying I have that. I'm oh. saying other. No, I'm saying other people that I've just talked to. Other, no, for me, it's yeah. sort of game over. Until <laughs> you're done, yeah. and that's and I'm quite comfortable with that. And all the more reason to make each day count, and you learn that as mm-hmm. you as you, as you're reminded of the limited method. I think every person growing older feels this that oh, okay, now I'm just beginning to catch on, and coincidentally realize how little time there is mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. how things don't get like the trip to Florida yeah. is not a trip you can say oh yeah I'll do that again maybe next year you might think that way when you're younger and be able to but you're not something you would your options do become a little more restricted but you're not um, time isn't just this open yeah. endless thing Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my point. It's not, I mean, I'm sounding like I'm depressed thinking about it. I'm not at all. I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to tie that into making damn sure that I am enjoying my experiences mm-hmm. as, as I'm having them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of cruel how, how time works for us. You, you almost think that, given how far we've come already, that one of our main preoccupations as species would be to eliminate age-related death. Because, uh, I mean, it's just. I've seen talks and stuff about you know genetic repair and no, I think people are trying, but yeah. but but I don't know. I I also feel why why I mean there's the accident thing. Okay, that's yeah. just going to happen. That's just a fact of you know everything. You know mm-hmm. everything on Earth, every every rock even has things happen to it. Right. Um, but the aging, first of all, you know you know on the way the world is, okay, well, the rich people are going to get first crack at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, was it The Giver, this, the book of children being raised to have the special donate one. their organs to, oh. to people? I don't know if that the was giver. The Giver. No, it wasn't The Giver, it was the other one where people was preparing them for death. Yeah. Um, which was, you'd go through this... The door. I I, yeah. I like that. No, this is another one, and it was um, anyway. Yeah. The idea, first of all, that rich are going to get first crack at it, mm-hmm. and then really, why? Why was the purpose of extending our lives other than, I guess, just our own plain selfish enjoyment of it? But you've got to make damn sure you're still going to enjoy it. And I. Um, I don't think that's likely at all. I just can't imagine living on for 200 years. I mean, part of it has to be an old age. Mm-hmm. And so what? You just sit there and contemplate? Well, what if you were Being, 40 for 100 years or something? 
you know, to keep it at that level. Yeah. Of, yeah, you might you might settle for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, but you uh, do a lot. It would change everything, though. Yeah, it would sure. absolutely change everything. You know, so, oh my God, we've got to madness. I think what we really want is to exist independent of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's like this all the way back to heaven type thing. But to, to you know, it's, it's consciousness, it's an awareness. But with the awareness, there is this little bit of an awareness of self. So you let go of that. I mean, I, I still, I think in terms of like that expression, cosmic consciousness of a, mm-hmm. of a, of course there is more awareness out of the universe as there are other life forms. That's not the important thing is there's this great awareness at a much higher level than our combined human awareness is there now. And yes, there is. And, and if space and time are real, well, gee, we may never get to meet them, but on the other hand, if they've evolved to that degree, maybe they know some secret way of Mm -hmm. reaching us. Yeah. I think that idea, yeah. And so do you need the self with that? Do you need a sense of self when when you go living without the body, the mind goes on, or is it just you plug in... And see, I think that's part of the, one of the problems that this is ego. The sense of self really means ego. And mm-hmm. why do we have personalities? Why do we have these individual needs? Why do we have? Why is it uh, so important to be me? To be mm-hmm. and the thought when you look into science fiction of well, no, we all become the same. We're all just these zombies, programmed the same way, thinking the same way, doing the same things. Worker bees. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, God, well, that's a horrible, awful, 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 frightening prospect. No, we have to be strange and individual and unique. This is, it's the diversity of life, surely, that gives it some meaning. Think of the ants, those organized beings, these species, how well they work together, the things they do, and you. Yeah, but do they have a personality when they go back to their nest? Are they are they happy? Are they joking? Are they no? <laughs> Is there any laughter? No. Yeah. Not unless the laughter serves the queen. And so, I, I to me that's the other side. But the frighteningness of how easy it would be to sort of lose mm-hmm. the sense of individual self and personality and differences. Um, and become less thinkers in some ways. It's a dark scenario. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. Now, how do you do? You feel at all? You're living in a dark time. See, this is a project, mm. a, a projection I put on people your age. Think, oh my God, and that's why I'm very forgiving of my son at home. Mm-hmm. I think, hey, he's just been born in a really kind of frightening time and uncertain time mm-hmm. and doesn't really know where to fit in and what to do. Do you feel that way at all or uh, are you quite comfortable with? I mean, I think I'm probably biased and I don't really have a historical perspective, but I don't feel like it's, I feel like it's probably the best time to be alive. Uh, I think okay. it'd be hard to, especially if, I mean, if you look at it like a, a Maslow type thing, mm-hmm. I mean, to get to that highest echelon of experiential reality, I think it's an easier trick because uh, those first few runs of becoming a yeah. more thoughtful person are pretty easy to fulfill. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be farmers to get, you know, food. Uh, I mean, if you really want to have something like tender, you know, it's easy to get sex. So, I mean, you, you start you start going up that ladder pretty quick until you realize that you need to start thinking even more deeply about stuff. So I feel like in terms of intellectual time periods, it's probably the best uh, and the fact that your intellectual life can be so strong uh, and all those other elements that allow you to have an intellectual life kind of points to this being probably the best time ever. But it could also go away. You know, nuclear war, it, I guess it's more, it's stretched thin, you know. No one really knows. I think that's why Trump is so scary, just because the unknown quantity there. It's just like a lot of stuff could go wrong 
quickly because we've amassed so much ability to destroy so fast. Which is maybe why those aliens are leaving us alone. Because they, they mm-hmm. realize we're not smart enough yet to have a, a time-worthy conversation. They don't want to travel all the way. Well, the Trump thing you said was a bit chilling, too, of just the... the maybe the, the of people being... Uh, experiencing a lot of anger and, and there's still so much it seems to me horror in the world but I guess it's always been you're saying maybe it's always been that way and it's just mm-hmm. it's no worse now than ever well I'm glad to hear that you have that answer that you're optimistic or no you didn't say you're optimistic that the, the time now is good it's not like oh poor me I was born in a shitty time yeah that's good the main part of it is my own bias, because I feel so glad of the time I was born in. And the, the conversations I had a lot on this trip were the wonder of the 1950s. Mm-hmm. With both people I visited from the time of... Uh, one of the women I was with the um, was, was saying, we had Hogwarts. That was our Hogwarts. This whole this town of Valleyfield, this small community mm-hmm. surrounded by other communities of French and this and that. And others, this little small connection they felt very attached to I didn't to the degree they did but I understood why I don't know if that's a tangent that actually uh, no that connects it does connect yeah Yeah. I've had those moments too where it trails off I'm like I'm not sure if this is right but Mm -hmm. now that there's some clear connections there have you ever heard about any of the studies that suggests that human behavior might have a lot to do with, like, the bacteria and parasites that colonize our body? Well, I don't know. Explain that degree, but the idea that those things are a driving force, yeah. Now, I've never heard the direct connection of, okay, how it's... I'd like an example. I'd like an example of... I think How a uh, bacteria or a fungus or hmm. okay. well, whatever else. Small-scale examples of how it could potentially be possible mm-hmm. would be like these funguses or mm-hmm. fungi uh, that infect, uh, what is it? Uh, so there's one example that infects ants, mm-hmm. and it will go into the ant's brain and, and hack into ah. it, and they'll climb up to a high part of some tree above their own anthill uh-huh. and then the fungus will pop out of the ant's head and it will send down spores to infect all the ants below it but somehow chemical warfare <laughs> yeah in nature yeah uh natural chemical warfare um but is it a good thing or a bad thing it's doing it's well the spores are going down it's a, it's a survival thing i mean it's not good if you are an ant who doesn't want to be infected, so okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it kind of trend. It's scary to watch, but it's only scary because I think we're anthropomorphizing those those bugs. Uh, yes. But but I think the human biomass, if you were to strip it down to its component parts, I know that we're like I don't know what is it, seventy percent water or something. Yes. But I think a huge part of our actual body weight is composed of the bacteria. And viruses that live inside of us mm-hmm. more so than even like our skeleton and bones and stuff like that. But well, we were trying to get the connection of something that they well, may do that would also behavior. I mean, I could see them making us sick. And yeah. Turn, well, but so two examples that come to mind. One, there's supposed to be more neurons in your stomach than in your brain, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe an equal amount. And so the potential for happiness actually kind of lies in the gut. So, um, that sounds like an excuse for fat people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, or maybe this, they have a very happy gut flora or something. Mm. Uh, that's a small example. I don't have anything more specific about, but then there's also this thing called, uh, Toxoplasma gondii, which is this Mm. weird parasite that infects the brains of mice, Mm. uh, so that they become sexually attracted to cat urine. Mm-hmm. So that they will pursue cats, so that the cat will eat the mouse, which is the only environment where the bacteria that infected the mouse's brain can reproduce. Yeah. And then, so this thing called toxoplasma also infects pregnant women, human women. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's been this correlate, or not just pregnant. Now how how is it benefiting from? Is it needs so the mouse? It needs a cat urine itself as the, well. The bacteria. The yeah. 
it need it can only sexually reproduce in the gut of a cat. Okay. So okay. Uses, I missed that step. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. It uses the mouse as a vector yeah. for for that. But so the in humans, in male humans who have been found to have so there was a study done where these motorcyclists who had died by driving aggressively on their motorcycles found mm-hmm. that a high proportion of them uh, were found to have this toxoplasma infection. Mm. And so they think that their aggressiveness might have been tied into having that infection in the same way that a mouse would aggressively be seeking out a cat, even though that's a behavior that could potentially kill it. But so, but that's under the assumption that the motorcyclist's death was of some benefit to this? Oh, well, that would just be, that would be a meaningless, that, yeah. unfortunate Correlation. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, it does sound a little suspicious. Most yeah. of most of it. Yeah. Um, you couldn't argue, no, mm-hmm. for sure not. But it's. Um, but I, mean, I wouldn't want yeah. to. I wouldn't want to think that was the the only driving force in this. Mm-hmm. There may be some a factor there, but there's. What is it that propels us to do like? It's as if we're on a mission. Like, when you look at how much we've done in this hundred years, like, any time you get onto a jet mm-hmm. and you're flying around the world, mm-hmm. you, that's just amazing yeah. that we can do that. But then you have, to, you have to ask, well, why? What drove us to do this thing? And is this just plain just another step towards a starship, towards, mm-hmm. the, you know, these... This is just... In itself, is just practice, maybe. Well, no, for us, it's the end result. This is amazing. We can fly anywhere on this planet. But almost for seemingly meaningless purposes. Yeah. Families, to see loved ones, to carry on business of shuffling paper, to... Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of all this motion? And then these skyscrapers we build, these things that... That's the to me. This is the weirdest one of the, our capitalist system of a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. That should there be some sort of a zap or, or um, a way of everything just gets erased. Nothing you, inside the building. There's just there's there's nothing. Nothing is made mm-hmm. there. There is no manufacturing. There is no feeding. There is no. I mean, there's ways to get food. There's no purpose mm-hmm. other than these people going into that little box mm-hmm. and coming out at the end of the day mm-hmm. and just doing things on computer screens and mm-hmm. uh, nothing made and you think wow that's the center point of each of our modern cities like Toronto these these mm-hmm. the bank buildings yeah seemingly pointless the whole thing mm-hmm. I mean it, it does it, but but I guess I'm trying to get at this. Are we, anything that we're doing now actually aim towards a, something else? Mm-hmm. I would say hopefully not. I don't, I think that the best you can hope for is that it is an end in and of itself. Like, what's the point of a tree? Like, the tree, it does continue to grow, but you wouldn't say it has a point, you know? It's just... Life it has no choice. It just yeah. Well, is. yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. Life tends towards. I don't. I wouldn't say progression, but just m- movement. You know, like you were kind of saying about like a rock. Even a rock has yeah. stuff happen to it. Like, but the tree's not moving. So you're using the tree as an example. So well, there's no. The tree, there's no purpose. The tree's not no. moving like a jet is, but it's definitely moving. It has cells. Yeah. It, I mean, it stuff is going up and down. It's not static. Uh, it's not as static as it looks anyway. I mean, it's if you took a cross section of it and a highway, like a with cars and stuff, it probably actually looked pretty similar with all the activity. I, I guess where I was trying yeah. trying to get to was yeah. that the human of the future is yeah. is are we we're building towards that. Mm-hmm. More complex person now. Yeah. Yeah, but. Could, is, I guess the question is, is there any meaning to life? As silly as that is, mm-hmm. this evolution that's got us to this point and got us very good at who we are and what we're doing, this complex being who can put airplanes together and so on. Mm-hmm. Is there any 
purpose to that? Is there any... I don't think there's one that could be universally agreed upon. I think I'm asking the wrong question. <laughs> I think I'm asking the wrong question. I'm, I'm, try, I'm struggling here, but it's this... This, is there is there, is there a purpose to evolution? I guess that's the question I'm asking. Like, is it are we moving in a point that it will be obvious from this point when we look back? Mm-hmm. And of course, we came there. Now we can look back and say, okay, we've made it from here to here. Mm-hmm. Is there almost a predetermined point in the future that that's where humans have to get to at least to this point before they get to this point? But there there is a goal, and our evolution will take us there we are it, it is happening to us it's not that we humans consciously know mm-hmm. what this is but other forces yeah are causing us to evolve and reach higher levels of consciousness to get to this point mm-hmm. so i guess what i'm saying is does this exist in reality this point that we haven't come to yet mm-hmm. we're here mm-hmm does this I mean is this just stone talk or does no. it make sense is no. this thing actually going to yeah. inevitably reach this thing the thing I think about that and I like the visual that you just showed because it showed me the next part I think of that. the answer to that question I think is yes there is a line but the mm-hmm. thing about it is as you progress forward and get closer to it your, your position changing i.e. your evolution moving forward means that 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 thing that you're going towards is always on the horizon, so you never actually get there. There is no, there is no. Mm. It's always going to be in front of you, basically. I don't think there's an end point. Okay. So it, the further that we go, the further that we can go. But it's hard to say. I, and I guess really that it, that is yeah well, that's it. So you're saying in a sense, so you're saying no, there is no this sort of point that we yeah. get to it's just a it's a continuum yeah and i guess i'm just trying to say is there a point to is that? there a point to that is there a yeah. like that it's life force that we're not aware of yet that mm-hmm. inevitably we mm-hmm. have to get to it's in our dna whatever it's and 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 that's assuming it's us the humans who have to do this thing mm-hmm. or we are the chosen ones mm-hmm. we're the ones who have to reach godhood yeah I don't think that I don't think there's a point because who would who would ever be there to judge that that there was? But it would, we would have known because it would have been in our seeds all along. Hmm. That might be a cheap answer, but, <laughs> uh, but I but I I believed it when I said it. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. Well, that's good. And this. Uh, You've certainly done a very good job carrying on the conversation, so it isn't necessary for me to come up with those stupid questions. No, that was. A, I mean, it, it's always fun to exercise your mind, especially if you don't have many people to talk about stuff like this with, mm. to hear yourself. I mean, that's, again, podcasting is therapy, right? So that's, yeah. Anytime you get to kind of work stuff out, it's it doesn't hurt, <laughs> for sure. It's my favorite type of conversation. Well, it's definitely uh, going to be Sally Talks, and uh, it's it's fitting. I mean, the, the whole point was to have somebody in the front seat. And so I think I knew that. See, there's another example of this thing. I think on the drive up here, once it was decided I was going to be coming here, mm-hmm. I think I knew, hoped, thought, wondered if this was inevitable, mm-hmm. well, you'd be sitting beside me in the front seat and we'd be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And what would your answer to that be? Was this inevitable? I guess, per my philosophy, uh, I guess I'd have to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, a lot happened tonight. Uh, so all those little things could have spurred it in one way or the other. Plus, I think there was sort of a a unspoken desire for it to happen. Definitely, I would. I wanted yeah. to have it happen, and you had the thought as well. Well, I, I think I knew mm-hmm. this is one. Again, the, the decision scale I keep using and referring to is that if I was driving down the road and it hadn't happened, mm-hmm. I'd be unhappy. Yeah, and therefore you do what you can to make it happen. It's an odd that it's kind of a negative way of deciding. Mm-hmm. What has to be done, but if that was in your, if that's in your mind, mm-hmm. not doing is not good. Then it's going to lead you much more likely to doing the thing. Yeah. So 
I'm glad because I know for sure had I driven off tomorrow and we hadn't had this conversation, I would be saying, damn it. We should have had that conversation. That's yeah. a chance. Why didn't I ask him? Why didn't we? Why didn't it happen? So, you know, you, you might say that little bit of rain played a, a role in yeah. the decision making. Yeah. yeah, but it was inevitable. It was going to happen. But no, we were independent of that rain because we might have chosen to sit inside mm-hmm. instead. If I had eaten something, I wasn't feeling that well. I didn't want to sit outside. I just wanted to sit in a warm house. Mm-hmm. Everything could have been different. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Did the rain play a role? Or are my questions really starting to get ridiculous now? <laughs> I mean, I would say, like, how I kind of said, you know, for example, three out of five things are yes. good for a, yes. a result. So, yes. yeah, that was a, a strong part of it for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Definitely. I don't know. I think I'm kind of a contrarian, too, when it comes to stuff. Uh, so if things start to get too mystical, I think I batten down the the hatches. Yes, and I, and I start going. Well, you know, you know. And I start well, that's going, yeah. That's why I think the Zen teachers are always giving unsolvable koans to their yeah. students, mm-hmm. or hitting them on the head. <laughs> yeah, I always enjoy those for sure. Yeah, you can rein yourself in because you could, a person could go crazy too. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out things like the implications of each act or yeah. non-action. Oh my right. God! Uh, but I did I, earlier on. I talked about conversations, talking to yourself. I often catch myself in the middle of running through a whole scenario mm-hmm. in a conversation. I don't know how I got into that and why I'm doing that. It might not be, even be pleasant. Mm-hmm. And then boom, okay, boom, drop that. Why was I doing that? Mm-hmm. But it's as the brain is just continually doing things and one of the things might be <coughs> sorry like i might have imagined a scenario with with bruce or somebody else and just to sit and have this conversation that takes a certain turn and then you think well why did it go there why did that happen you know it's like dreaming in a way yeah very similar to lucid dreaming yeah. Lucid dreaming, yes, it is like that. And uh, it's a fantasy. And it, it must well, I think it's a way of working things out, right? Mm-hmm. When it's an argument we have with somebody and often mine are confrontational mm-hmm. and I think the lesson is I want to be the one who stands up to whatever I don't want to be happening or I'm angry at or whatever mm-hmm. to uh, so they become a little antagonistic. Mm-hmm. They're not always pleasant daydreams. No. For anyone. I know know I've had my share. For sure. Fantasizing about fights. Mm. When I was younger, anyway. Beating people up who were being bad people. Injustices. Now, are there any uh, questions you would, I should have asked, you would like me to have asked? This might be a two-part podcast, but... uh, Yeah, it's 115 already. Is it really? It is. Oh my God! What time did you say you go to bed? I think you said typically one. like one. But oh well, we special should shut occasion. it down then. So no one last question or no? Uh, no, I'm I'm good with one last question. Uh, I can't. Uh, let me think. Um, I mean, I think it's been pretty, pretty circumspect. Yes. Uh, I just first, first time meeting. I don't even know if people get that. It's the first <laughs> time we've actually met in real yeah. life, right? Yeah. Right. Is it tonight? Yeah. Here in Augusta. But again, you said it feels it feels very natural, like it's not the first time. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Immediately, like, I, as soon as I walked up, knew you right away. Mm-hmm. You knew me, and there you are. You showed up on your bike, which was very fitting, in a way, in this on the street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming back from work, trying yeah. to balance play and the necessity yep. to get back quickly. And I, it was a very interesting drive getting here, as I was saying, thanks to the iPhone, to actually mm-hmm. make those last few turns and see that huge state prison and, yeah. and find here and find you in such a lovely little house. And uh, Thank you, yeah. I will brag about this a little bit to some people. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got the hand guy, yeah, no. He was all my shows, yeah, no, I need a nice little house, yeah, no, I got, I got a friend in Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully we can make it up to Toronto sometime. Uh, yes, I think you'd enjoy it. I need to get the, the full tour, the full contextualization of Scarborough, dude. For sure. Well, you got a pretty good idea. i got to see Bluffers Park, though. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I like it. It's not a spectacular park. You can walk away and say, wow, that's the most beautiful park. I think uh, Thompson Park is nice, the other mm. one I do. And they go hand together. And they Are they both by the water? Or no, Thompson Park isn't. So that's just Bluffers? Yeah, just okay. Bluffers is right on Lake Ontario. Yeah, that sounds really nice mm. to be so close to such a big body of water. It is big, right? Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah, huge. I have to go around it to get home. And cross a buffalo or across towards Ottawa. It's in the way. <laughs> well, how do you feel? How do I feel now, or how do I feel about... Uh, how do you feel right now, about overall? I'm very happy I made this vacation. I'm very happy that I came through this way tonight and we had this chance to connect. And mm-hmm. it was a, it seemed, again, goes back to this earlier conversation. Are things inevitable and are they, you know, going to happen? And it looked to me for quite a while, no, this wasn't going to be able to happen. Just no, the timing wasn't going to work. I was thinking I had to arrive on a day when you weren't working. That was in my mind, and that wasn't going to happen. And that was my first ruling out. And then mm-hmm. realized, well, if I, it worked so nice because I could leave the campground later. I wasn't in a rush to get here at four o'clock because you weren't home till <coughs> seven anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> so the timing worked perfectly. So uh, I will leave feeling satisfied. I'm, don't know what to think about the drive ahead, but part of it is just, yeah, well, that's the whole, again, the point. You know where you're going, but you don't know where you're going to stop for the night. You don't really know what you're going to encounter, mm-hmm. and that should be the, you should be comfortable with that, even mm-hmm. though it does, it does create a little bit of anxiety, you know, of, oh, got to stop somewhere. Any idea how many miles it actually is to get back there? Uh, it was 2,000 kilometers from where I left uh, this morning. Wow. Which is a good long haul. Yeah, it is. 2,008 kilometers. Wow. But you can do it. Oh, yeah, I for sure. I can and will. But it'll probably be stretched over three days. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yes. Yes, it'd be back by Friday or no, Thursday well, night? Friday during the day. I mean, I have to, but I've, I've always made it. No, the day before. It has mm-hmm. to be Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds totally doable. Um, what I think I'll probably do is ask to go into your house and uh, brush my teeth. Yes. And, uh, yeah. For a minute. So we'll bring an end to this yeah. one. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for talking. Ha. <laughs> 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 <laughs>